Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. Thanks for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. I'm very excited for this episode. And you know what? This whole season's really great. I've been ahead of the game because, you know, last year the pandemic really got me. And now I'm recording episodes early again, so I have a lot of time to re-listen and tell you all about it and get excited. So we've got a bunch of great episodes coming up with Rhea Butcher, Alan Sarzynski, Anna Hosnier. I'm just super excited for all the people that I have this season. Um, so if you're not a subscriber already, if you happen to chance upon this podcast, click subscribe. And if you already subscribed, but you haven't reviewed it, we are um, getting ready for a push with the network. So yeah, if you want to give me a little five-star review on iTunes, that would be so nice. Um, you can always email me uh, a screenshot or you can always email me a copy of your view or screenshot it and tag me on social. Um, tell me anything pod is the Instagram handle for this podcast and I will send you a little private confession. Um, there's not really any announcements this week. I have my shows all on TeresaLeeComedy.com slash shows. I have a couple of digital shows coming up. I will be um, launching a concert album for my New Year's show in the next month so look out for that i gotta get all the details of that together so um but other than that join my OnlyFans, onlyfans.com slash Teresa lee if you're a confidant email me and you want to check it out i'll give you a free month just let me know you're a confidant tell me anything pod at gmail.com and that way you can have a browse around and check out the videos um and see if you're into it it's a lot of me talking about the singularity drama all diary entries poetry basically if you like this pod you'll probably like what's on there um and that's it enjoy this episode you can tell her, you can tell her anything, she's a real good listener. You can tell her anything. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. Um... I say that it's what it's about, but pretty much since the pandemic, it's way, become way more looser. It's really a way for me to keep up with my friends that I have not seen in over a year. So very excited for my guest today. Um, we haven't seen each other over a year, but we've seen each other over podcasts. She's the co-host of Ethnically Ambiguous Podcasts and uh, produces multiple shows for iHeartRadio, such as The Daily Zeitgeist. You may have heard of it. Put your hands together for Anna Hosni. Yay! I li- <laughs> I'm you so used clapping. to being on the other side that I almost started clapping for myself out oh of like autopilot behavior of like, yes, thanks for joining us. And then I was like, okay, you idiot, you are the guest. <laughs> I love it. I mean, we should all be used, we should all get used to clapping for ourselves. I've been saying this in quarantine, which is to nobody because it's just to myself, but course, that we are uh, all, we should all count ourselves as a person. Whenever people say things like nobody likes this or nobody, I'm like, do you? because you count so you should clap for yourself um you but starting i like that you say you're saying it to no one but you're really saying it to wushu right this is true but he's not a person that's going too far yes i guess you're right i am trying to teach him to talk with buttons and i swear to god he understands and doesn't want to learn because he knows it will mean he'll have to listen to me more (laughs) yeah like i watch him like looking at the buttons and he's kind of like calculating should i get this or not like like, mm -hmm. um but uh i do like to start by asking for a good confession because i like to start on a positive note so this is your chance to clap for yourself on a what is something good you want to confess 
Um, I have some a project I'm going to do on Twitch soon. I'll leave that there where I'm going to be streaming with someone who I'm not going to announce okay. announce or whatever. I just mm -hmm. won't say their name yet. But look out deal. for that because it's going it. to be a fun little Twitch something. How can, where's your, what's your Twitch channel? Can they start following you now? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> No, I don't know yet. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> that info so is with... on, on all the socials. Yeah, um, just follow yeah. me on Twitter and you'll... you'll uh... I love that. I love it. It's a very Hollywood tease to only be able to say that you have something coming out soon. Because yeah. Because then you know it's a bigger deal because you're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> I'm still I'm still nailing down the details and uh -huh. I just, you know, you never it's know. A flex. You never know what will happen. Um, well... We're talking about Wushu. I know you have a puppo as well, Ace Biscuits, who is yes. very, very nice friends with Wushu. Who loves uh, Wushu. Yeah, they're so cute. I uh, Wushu is an emotional support animal, and this podcast is loosely, like, I started it when I kind of realized how great going to therapy was, because I didn't have that option as a kid, or I wasn't aware of the world of yeah. mental, I guess, health resources. So, um, you know, I'm sure Ace provides that as well, but just wanted to get generally your, um, what do you do? Like, what's your mental health routine? Like, what do you do when you're feeling down? Do you have a confidant? Do you have like a routine? Do you go to therapy? Whatever you feel like sharing just, you know, cause I think everyone has such different routines. Um, I was in therapy up until the end of December, but I, I kind of started, it's, there was one thing my therapist said that like made me <laughs> kind of, um, I don't know, lose my respect uh, in them. And that's kind of was like huge for me where I was like, well, if I all of a sudden think this person's uh, not, not necessarily like an idiot, but something they said, I was like, I don't know if you're listening. And uh, that, so I stopped talking. I, you know, discontinued mm, my visits with them. But but that's actually um, a sign of growth because you are drawing a boundary, which is something you learn about. In <laughs> I, was, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say I don't, I don't need to be in therapy. I definitely do. So I need to work on finding someone new. But for, in the last month where I've just been kind of freewheeling, um, a lot of my, you know, I, I have a routine, which helps me stay sane, which is just like working, doing my job all day, and then like, hanging out with my dog, I walk my dog three times a day just to get out. Uh, and interact with the outside world and then I we should um, do like a little now that I feel like in the beginning I was really holding up with Wushu but now like sometimes we'll go on outdoor hikes when it's safer Ace and Wushu should outdoor hang because he's yeah. so lonely <laughs> he would love that because he actually um he gets really upset when mm -hmm. I don't let him go to a dog to like interact and I'm like well yeah. I don't know this owner like there are a few owners who, like, I see around and we're both wearing masks, so I'm comfortable, like, getting a little closer to them for mm -hmm. our dogs to, like, interact. But, like, randos, like, I don't know yeah. this person's deal, especially if they're not wearing a mask. Then I'm like, i really not going to risk walking up to them so you can sniff their dog. <laughs> and he but gets yeah, so the same. upset. He, gets he just really starts crying and growling. And Aww. you're like, dude, I understand. Because, again, he used to come to the office with me. And, you yeah. know, you would bring Wushu. And, and, you know, my coworker Sophie had her dog, Andy. And they would all play, you know. They had fun. And now he has just my cats. <sighs> and I feel like we're, like, in uh, – I don't know why the first reference I thought of was Harry Potter. But when, like – Ron and Hermione and Harry are separated for the summer and then they wouldn't let Harry get his owls. I'm like, that's what we're doing to our dogs. Like Ace and yeah. Andy and Wushu, they're just like, oh, when's summer vacation over? 
Yeah, yeah. They want to go back to school and hang out. But yeah, a lot of my mental health surrounds me just like hanging out and playing with him like almost to a point of like aggressively playing with him where I'm like rolling around <laughs> on the ground just to like get energy out or like frustrations or whatever then another thing is like end of the night I smoke a little bit of weed and I sit down and I watch something on tv and that helps me unwind because it like shuts my brain down like I don't yeah. I'm like too high to really have any sort of like <laughs> reasonable thoughts in my head like I'm just like huh? and that like actually helps me unwind because I'm not necessarily thinking about anything or if I like start looking at my phone I start getting drawn into something random yeah and, like, that's oh, in a, a way of unwinding for me <laughs> yeah you, it's kind of meditative right like it's I'm not quite there yet with meditation I, it's really something I got way more into during quarantine but just by I guess necessity but um they always talk about or the the voice in the apps are always like the point is to have no thoughts. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking of your voice now. So how do I do this? <laughs> but that's yeah. like what you're talking about is sort of getting to that state where you can just be and not be like, what's the next thing I have to do? Yeah, I'm literally just like, I'm like looking, I something will have popped in my head. I'll be like, either like, oh, I'm meaning to look at this famous person's Instagram. <laughs> like literally as simple as that. And I'm just scrolling like, oh, so that's your vibe. Or ah, like, ah, ah. Yeah, remember, like, I wanted to look at this person's Wikipedia, and then I'm just reading a random Wikipedia, and it's like, I'm just like, oh, and that's it. That's all that's going through my mind, and it's, like, not really anything I need to know. That's great. I To me, I mean, that's very soothing just even hearing you describe it. It seems like an ASMR podcast. Just like, <laughs> I want to do this, and then I just yeah. do it, because that's, that's how my mind works. <laughs> That is really nice. In a way, I feel like it's very natural. Like we live in a tech world, but when I think of, I've been thinking about animals a lot. Can you tell I'm alone? Um, when animals like have nothing to do, they're not bored. They'll explore their environment or they'll sleep or they'll eat. Like what they do something they need to do. And when they have nothing they need, they just play or explore. And I kind of feel like um, looking up random things on Wikipedia is exploring, like not in a unhealthy, it's a very healthy thing to like, you need to know what's in your environment. But since so much of our environment is digital and through the internet, just looking up a random website and like scoping it out to me is like my dog going into a new house and be like, let me check out this window. What's over yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I love nice. that. It sounds like you have a healthy um, setup, which is great. Um, well, um, I, what did I want? Oh, I feel like I, I'm sorry. I just had a brain fart. I, something you said I wanted to respond to you were saying about god damn it I'm bla- right before the TV right before watching something oh, uh, forgetting, forgetting. God my dog hanging out my therapist being useless um, oh 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 okay I do- <laughs> sorry I'm gonna edit this part out maybe I'll keep it in it's very honest um, the part <laughs> yeah, this has not happened to me until just this weekend um all of quarantine and i don't mean that in that like i've been so occupied or never been bored but like a true boredom the way i feel in like elementary school when it's just like a lazy summer day and you're like i'm bored and your parents go like do this and you're like no i got bored this weekend and like truly bored and in a in a way that i like almost embraced because I was hanging out with my boyfriend and we were just like, it was Saturday night. It was a really nice day out all day. So I felt like that feeling of like, if we weren't in quarantine, 
that energy would probably be like, hey, let's all go dancing tonight. Or I probably, even if I had nothing planned, would like try to get something together. Knowing I couldn't do that, I was like, it's okay, I'll sit at home. But then just sitting, I was like, can we do something like anything like a puzzle or like, like it literally, I have not felt bored all year. And what I realized about that was it's kind of good because it means I'm not stressed. I'm not anxious. I'm not actually worried about anything. It's just a true bored emotion of like, hey, you kind of addressed all your needs at the moment. Like there might be more later, but like you get to just kind of have fun. And yeah, I don't know. That happened to me this weekend. And you talking about like shutting, winding down really reminded me of that. So I wanted to share. Have that, has that ever happened to you? Like, what was the last time you felt bored? Like truly just bored? I've hit a few walls during this quarantine where I've just like, like I've woken up on a Saturday morning and been like, like what next? What next? What else? What else? You know, like what? Uh, okay, I read that book. Okay, I didn't like that book, but I'll read it anyway. Like I, I feel like I have. I've been like I can't call any. Like I, I, who am I gonna go hang out with today? No one. Like I feel like I've exhausted all my people. Where I've been like, let's meet at the dog park and hang out socially distance while our dogs run around. Like I've uh-huh. done that so many times. I didn't feel comfortable like harassing another person. <laughs> on man don't you want to hang like yeah it really like hit a wall of like you know like I've watched all the tv I wanted to watch what Uh what else I have to wait a week for something new to come out and then like you know like I feel like I've said everything I had to say to my boyfriend like there was just like (laughs) nothing left and I've hit that wall a few times because I feel like I have to hit it to then like re-energize myself to get back in the like, you're in quarantine and it is what it is. Gotcha. And you just have to keep moving. Interesting. It's like both, I think there's like both the, not, it's not good or bad, but yeah, there's obviously the cons of it being bored is not fun because then you're bored. But the, I guess the pros are that, like you said, like you're very much in the present moment. Like you can't really be bored if you're being haunted by past trauma because then you'll just be haunted by the past. So to be truly bored, I think, is like a sign that you're like living in the moment, which I think is kind of neat. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What do you do to get out of that? Do you just like let it pass or are you like someone who's actively like, I'm going to learn to code or whatever? Speaking about myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to learn to code. No, 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 no. Um, I... I just force myself through it, honestly. I just, like, have to put my head down and be like, unfortunately, you're in a (laughs) shitty place mentally because you just don't know what else to do. And then I'll, like, I'll, like, start, like, going through things in my Mm. room. Like, I'll start decluttering or I'll just start, like, Mm. just playing with, like, literally, like, I'll just start, like, picking stuff up, up off my desk and, like, looking at like it's as simple as that i'll just I be like why do i have this that's so fun that's where you create new ideas though half the time like people say that like when you're stuck an idea just walk across the room and like pick up a like a sculpture which i'm like i don't have sculptures lying around but i did start uh, because of quarantine and being in the same environment over and over i did start putting out like little tchotchkes like i used to just you know from when i was a child like put them in a box because I'm like, I don't want to throw these memories away. But now I've started putting them as like little decoration, like little glass pony, things like that. Cause then I can walk up and just like hold it and look at it. And sometimes I'm like, just doing this makes me feel like, Oh, my brain is doing something different than just looking at the window. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that helps. I'll literally just go look at my bookshelf and see what books I have. And be like, Do I want to read any of these again? Usually, no, because I'm like, I rarely reread books unless it's like real good. But I'll just like look and be like, oh, I forgot I had that book. That's interesting. Why did I buy that book? Or I'll be like, I need to get rid of this book. This is not a good look or something, you know? Oh, my gosh. I... It's funny because I feel like that what you're describing is very healthy and it's not that I'm unhealthy, but it's making me realize I need to get more comfortable being bored because this is what actually happened this weekend when we were bored is we ordered food. So I was like, it's fine. Maybe when the food gets here, I'll eat and I won't be so bored. And then the delivery person forgot a bunch of stuff, which I took as a me manifesting because I was bored. So it gave us an errand to do. And I was like, God damn it. This isn't what I wanted. And so I had to go back and get it. And then... I scared myself for no reason um, because I thought there was a ghost in the house. And then I convinced myself there was because the light wasn't turning on. I still haven't solved it. It's probably not a ghost. For sure, it's just some sort of weird electromagnetic thing, which you could say is a ghost, but also you could say it's not. But it wouldn't turn on. And then I asked my boyfriend to go with me to get water because the light wasn't turning on. And I showed him and then he got scared and then we and then he pulled out his phone to be like let me use the flashlight and it died and because of those all happening at once we ran into the room going oh my god there's a ghost and then (laughs) and then we waited for his phone to charge but then what i realized is i bet you my brain is just so overactive that it was like teresa is bored guys let's do something and then it created a ghost to entertain me because then later like we went downstairs and then the light worked after we came back up no explanation so i'm like i swear to god my brain was just like teresa in order for you to survive you need to find things that are fun so we're gonna make up that there's a ghost (laughs) that's interesting that's actually kind of fun because you've created like an adventure for yourself of like is there a ghost we must figure out let's get the the ghost hunters in <laughs> next thing you know you're like got your little weird contraption and you're like, oh, 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 this area looks suspicious or it sounds suspicious there's definitely an energy here <laughs> i watched a lot of those shows wow so. maybe that, that's the solution half of the haunted houses in the middle of nowhere are just boredom <laughs> it's like i got nothing to do that's probably also why uh, a lot of like ghosts manifested in people's lives like in the olden times, if yeah. you will, there was literally <laughs> nothing to do. So you're like, did you hear that? You it's heard like, that, right? Oh, there's a mystery. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, dude, keep, keep your, keep cross stitching. And they're like, no, 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 no. Can't sit in this chair and look and learn my ABCs because it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> Must take me outside to the park, mother. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we we'll back, we'll get your confession. All right. And we're back um, on The Moment Has Come. Is there anything you would like to tell me? Yes. Thank you for asking. You're a better therapist than my therapist. <laughs> um, what if that was my thing? My therapist never asked me. <laughs> she just starts own. by telling you about her day and then it's like oh that yeah. sounds up you're like what <laughs> yeah I'm like what <laughs> um no okay so this is along the lines of everything i do in life which is uh be a middle eastern person um 
and talk about it on my podcast, but uh-huh. this is something I feel like I have maybe talked about this in the past, but I've never gotten into detail about it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I've, I've spoken about it in passing because I always think it's like a funny joke, but mm. like the reality of it is like kind of weird. And mm. my dad doesn't like when I joke about it, which is kind of funny. <sighs> He's like, it's not that wild. And I'm like, it is. But um, when I was in Iran, mm. I want to say 2016, I was in Iran that year. Um, I had a very funny interaction with my cousin. So to give some context, I, on my dad's side, am the youngest uh, cousin. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yes. Um, of the kids of, like, the siblings, kind of? Yes, of my, my dad's. Because my dad is the youngest mm-hmm. in his family. So all my cousins are, like, you know, ranging in age from, like, 30 to like 60 year old men so i have a lot of cousins who are like literally 50 year old men who have like grown children who are my age Whoa. Uh-huh. so um i have this one favorite cousin because he's just like he, he's literally like a 55 year old man but mm-hmm. he is just um he has the youngest like sensibilities like he's always down to like joke around and have fun with me and this is all the also everyone lives in iran my parents are the only two people out of their families to come to america Uh from iran so um all these family members are in iran so um and they've never lived in america they may have lived in like europe every once in a while or like turkey but for the most part they've all lived in iran Mm -hmm. so i um and so th- my favorite cousin, obviously I'm not going to name names because <laughs> uh-huh. he's always in some trouble about some shit because he's <laughs> a funny guy. But um, he – I had like never – I so I had known his kids mm-hmm. when I was young. But like every time I visited, they've basically been out of the country. So I hadn't mm-hmm. seen his kids. He had two sons in a very long time because one of them lived in the UK for a while. He was like being a DJ or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and the other one was like in business school in a different part of Iran in like the capital of Iran. So my dad is from like a more Northern okay. Uh, okay. city in Iran. So I would never like see them, you know, mm-hmm. I'd always hear, Oh, they're doing well. They're doing well, whatever. Like I follow them on Instagram. Simple, but I never like, I don't speak to them very often. Mm-hmm. So, um, so technically you're there aunt right is that would that be the... or they're they're my second cousins oh, technically second. oh i see that's right their that's cousin right. their father is my cousin my oh uh, yes okay i get confused my my english terms son. are slightly different with yes okay yes yeah, so this is my aunt's son yes your cousin's kid uh, my cousin so my cousin and so okay so my cousin <laughs> he has two sons okay uh who are around my age okay um <laughs> I'm just so like drawing lines son, in my room just like I know <sighs> the oldest son is in the U has for the most part been in the UK doing his thing but he's back in Iran now the other son who's maybe like a year or two younger than me he was in business school for a very long time because also my cousin my aunt's son is a businessman and has a big like business running like chickens there's so much build up to this that I'm expecting uh, like a farce where you like go to the market and run into your cousins to get into a bra and then you're like, you're my cousin? It's like no, all no. in a jail it, cell, just like, ah! It's a lot weirder than that. Oh, really? So, okay. And a part of this, like if you ever watched Rami, um, mm. 
it's a very interesting thing. Like he touches on it a lot on his show where it's like, you don't, when you're born and raised in a different country, you don't really know your family that well. Like, you know, when you're visiting, but you're not like super, super close. And sometimes you meet family members that you didn't like, you just didn't know, like you're, you've never really met or you met as a baby, but you don't know them as like an adult. That's true for, yeah. uh, Chinese as well. Yeah. Like there are, they're all the American cousins, the ones that, like, also the siblings moved here. And we yeah. all, we used to, like, have, like, two sides where the American cousins would speak English. And then the ones from Taiwan would just be, like, over there doing their thing. But there's also ones where you just literally have, like, I went to China once when I was in eighth grade and met cousins that I'll probably never, ever see again in my life. But we took pictures yeah. together and had a ball. And then I don't literally don't know their names like there's just, I, just, I could not even point them out in a crowd i remember they were nice but it's like, yeah, yeah i think common. that's the case with a lot of kids of immigrant parents mm-hmm. you know you just kind of it is what it is you're you're disconnected from your blood relatives yeah um okay so i'll get to it i was just trying to create the context when I'm no, about to i love you. it i'm seeing i mean wow i could go any direction now like <laughs> i'm really excited to see where you take us so um my cousin we're at dinner at his house Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like talking about being a feminist. Like I was like, I consider myself a feminist, and mm. and you know, I'm there with my dad, my cousin, my and some family friends, and they're like, oh yeah. And my cousin, who again is like a 55 year old man, he goes feminist. Now is that the same thing as a lesbian? And I was like, no, that's <laughs> feminist believes in equality for both men and women. You know, but also and, it would make, make me wonder like. But also, what do you think a lesbian is? Because it's like if he's getting words wrong, it's like what do you what are what are the words that you're using? Just out of curiosity, <laughs> right? So well, I think he just has like a very dated idea of what uh-huh. it means to be like a feminist. Okay. You know, like being like you hate men, so mm. you're a lesbian. You know, like gotcha. just like yeah. he doesn't yeah. know because they don't have these sorts of discussions. You're like, unmarried, I'm, so you're a lesbian for sure. Yeah. Yes, I'm the American cousin who comes in and is like telling them how things are. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, no. A lesbian is a person who likes the, you know, women, a woman who likes women, you know, mm-hmm. the same sex as them. And a feminist is just a person who believes in equality between four uh-huh. men and women. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. Because I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe she's telling us she's a lesbian. I'm like, yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> and, um, and also, like, we'd been drinking. So okay. here's the thing. Alcohol is illegal in Iran. Okay. So, um everyone some people make their their own homemade wine mm-hmm. and uh some of them ferment it for too long and it gets very strong uh-huh. and of course i don't know how science works so maybe that whatever i'm guessing but sometimes it gets very strong because they um make it that way yeah. so my uncle made like a very strong batch of okay. homemade wine that mm-hmm. literally was like everyone was complaining about it <laughs> I remember during this trip, oh everyone God. who, because he kept bringing it everywhere, and everyone kept being like, This is, I'm drunk. Oh my like, God. I had a glass and I'm drunk. So, so what's anyway, it, what do you ferment, or what traditionally, what are you fermenting? Is it like fruits or, because I, I know in, there's different in, um, are like Chinese culture or Taiwanese? I don't know. What do I say? The non communist side of Chinese culture, they, there's like really, really strong wine, baijiu. I guess I shouldn't exclude the communists. I think they drink it too, but I just don't want to exclude attribute it to them um but the baijiu is similar it's like rice wine but it's so fermented it's like you can have a shot of it and then like you're like singing songs and dancing yeah yeah 
I think they're just using grapes. I don't okay, fully know. Okay, wow, strong grapes. <laughs> yeah, they just, I don't really know. But everyone, a lot of people, you can buy from a bootlegger, but a lot of people also just make their own wine because, gotcha. you know, sometimes easier. Um, so your cousin's got the bootleg moonshine. Yeah, and it usually, like, you all, literally, they have, like, a giant container tub oh thing God. with, like, a lid that, like, you pour out. Like, you ah. literally, like, put your cup in. Like, very, it's funny. So, anyway, we've had some of that, which I keep being, like, I don't want to drink this because I <laughs> don't want, I don't want to be this drunk. Like, it's uh-huh. unnecessary for having a glass of wine. So, he's, like, my cousin is, like, well, good to know you're not a lesbian because I would love for you to meet my son oh, and i'm like what, oh, what? <laughs> like, your son <laughs> i was like i know your son we met when we were kids he's like no but now that he's an adult he needs a wife oh my god so, would you be interested in meeting him in that capacity and i'm literally like wow i'm like, <laughs> like okay, slow the fuck down i'm his cousin oh my god and he's like what about it? Like, your second cousins. It doesn't matter. Who cares? And I'm like, no. My dad is sitting there on the other side of the table just like, first of all, my dad drinks a lot. So he's just like wasted. He's just like laughing. Just like, yeah, you should be. You should be. Because my dad doesn't care. So he, he knows me that I'm not going to go like marry a family member. So he's like, my dad is like encouraging me. He's like, yeah, you should meet him. Oh you should God. meet him. And I'm like, what is going on here? Wait, and I'm can like, I ask like, uh, yeah. Is this very funny? But I just want to make sure I'm getting the context right. Like he is saying that, and this is a strange thing. Or is are there like sort of old school beliefs, like culturally, that people still have? Look, yes, it's that. So okay. basically, it's very common to marry like a second cousin. Like my mom's parents are second cousins. Gotcha. It's oh okay, but that's a generational thing. That to me, because similar in my, I, I used to have a joke about this, and then I did have to like be like is this a thing that i I, like am i crossing over into like making fun of the past or people's culture now that my mom had friends who when i used to babysit for their kids later i grew up and found out that because then they got a divorce and the whole thing and then they had adopted and then my mom later was like yeah well you know they couldn't have kids well you know how they're like first cousins and i was like what like what and she was like it was a different time back then i was like i was right i was alive back then what are you talking about like that's I know them like what do you mean back yeah. then but um I do think because they came from uh the older country like sometimes you don't you just hang on to old beliefs for a long time I don't think it's common practice uh as a mainstream thing but I just wanted to clarify so I didn't want to feel like be insensitive no it's a no no it is pretty like it's not as common as it used to be but it's still happens every once in a while like mm. it was more common when my parents yeah i think generally my parents aren't yeah. related because they met in america but like yeah. my parents parents hey you know whatever because a lot of your marriages in iran are kind of not like necessarily arranged but you like meet someone yeah. and you're like oh i like them and you tell your parents you like them and then the parents have to meet the parents mm. and the parents basically decide if this is going to be a good match and then they come to you and go okay we think they're a good family. If you're in, then we're in. And then you have to be like, okay, we're in. And then there's like a few more meetings. There's like <laughs> meetings over your guys' marriage. 
And then it's decided, okay, well, and it's like dowry system yeah. as well. Like, how much money are you going to give my family? Like, from the, the bride to the husband? It's a whole thing. But that, to me, like, in the old school mentality, there's also practical benefits to knowing the family. Like, to me, I'm like, we know about genetics and, like, generally speaking, don't fuck your cousin. But, like, I understand not everyone was aware of that back then. But some of the benefits were that you know the network, which now is less of a, uh, it's kind of moot because with the internet and social media you can kind of get to know someone's character you can background check someone easier where back then i could see why it might not feel safe marrying a stranger as opposed to of all the options all you had was your cousins you know so i can see that but that's why i feel it's a generational thing like to to think about um someone now with access to the internet and dating apps doing that I, i'm uh, it does make me go is it just for tradition like what is the benefit of this <laughs> Yeah, I think a part of it is also just, like, um, women have, like, culturally, women need to be, like, protected, mm. you know? Like, the sanctity of your daughter needs to be protected. Like, there's no real, like, you're not supposed to be, like, dating in Iran. Sure. Like, to this day, like, women don't date men. Like, you can if you're more modern and low-key about it and, like, your parents maybe aren't as strict. But for the most part, like you don't really date like you go like i met this guy i have an attraction towards him and so i'm going to tell my parents and my parents can contact his parents <laughs> and try and set up a situation nice honestly no, just... we... no i and mean like... it's yeah i know i know what you mean did your parents know have i mean i'm guessing your parents have met your boyfriend but what about your like law for their family in iran like do you talk do you just not talk about that in front of them no 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 one like everyone understands my deal i mean i'm the american cousin they don't try and push that on me at all like they're fully aware like also my dad like is a is more of like a at this point like a patriarchal figure mm. in our family like he's the like the uncle who went and made a life in iran so people like it's almost in a way like kind of i find it a little like fucked up how they huh. treat him and it makes a lot of sense why he's kind of has a bit of an ego but like he literally will like sit on a chair and grown men like grown men who are like in their 50s or 60s will come and sit around him on the ground as he talks story like that's, it's a little like <laughs> yeah it's like story time but they're just like listening to his word like what he's saying like almost as if he's preaching like that's oh my how God. they treat our dads are similar in that in that way my dad loves to talk so do i but he literally when he start became born again i swear it was because he liked liked the attention like he would just go into rooms and do testimonies and people would be like wow your dad yeah. is away with words and i was like mm -hmm. imagine having this every night at dinner like i'm like i'm yeah. bored <laughs> but like i feel like the, the only place he kind of gets that respect is in, <laughs> in Iran. Iran. like here it's like yeah sure we get it dad whatever but we're all just <laughs> you know americanized shithole kids who are just like leave me alone <laughs> yeah dad we know you've said that to us before you know like we're all just brats here and he's always like how why did i come here <sighs> oh you're draining me of all my money that's all i he bet said. he's like i don't know if you guys have talked about this but i bet in a way like he's proud of the fact that you also produce podcasts like as a man who likes to talk and have people hear him you are kind of passing on a torch of sorts like you host yeah. a podcast and you have a wide audience and you talk about your life and experiences like i mean that kind of but you kind I of kind like of, to carry in the torch there 
Yeah, I guess so. But like, I'm more of a mix between my mom is incredibly quiet. My mom does not say it's very hard to get stuff out of my mom. Like she just doesn't talk like she's a quiet Mm. lady. And I'm a mix of both. I only talk like this when I'm on shows. Okay. If you see me in real life, like, yeah. in front of people I'm not, I don't really know. Like, maybe around you, sure, I'll talk to you because I know you. Like, you know, in the <laughs> office, I'll talk to my coworkers. But, like, for the most part, like, I'm not a very chatty person. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when I'm, like, around people I'm not as super comfortable with, like, I'm not t- I'm not chatting anyone up. You know, some people are like, I never met a stranger. Like, mm-hmm. I only meet strangers. I see. So, trying to tell I remember anyone. meeting you, and I, that does track. But to me, it's almost like intimidating. Like you always seem very um, like sure of yourself. Like you'd be like, Sid. Like you often be like more quiet than comedians around because everyone is so in need of validation that people are like just riffing, making jokes. But then you just be there and be like, okay, like I don't need to. I don't need to impress you. So I remember that that was the vibe that I always got from you. Like in a very like ah, oh, very confident and doesn't need to win my love <laughs> I, I i just you know i think i've watched my dad talk so much my whole <laughs> life and i i really i know how to turn it on when i need to um mm-hmm. which almost sounds kind of like sociopathic <laughs> in a weird way but like it's more like i see how my mom her whole thing is like i don't i don't talk to talk mm. like i only I say what i want to say like what I feel needs to be said. And I've always like really respected that about her. Like yeah. my dad's yeah. just like chatting everyone up, like anywhere in a line, be like, oh, so you're buying that, huh? You're like, what are you, who, why? <laughs> like my mom will like smile at you and be polite, but she's just not going to start talking to uh-huh. you because she needs to fill the space. And like that's always, I've really, you know, I take that side of her like, I don't if I don't feel like I need to say anything like I won't say anything and it's mm. kind of been a weird thing in like meetings now that I like have a whatever a career in podcasting or whatever the hell <laughs> but like you know sometimes people will turn to me and be like hey you didn't say anything did you want to say anything and I'm like I don't need to <laughs> no I would have said something if I wanted to say something it's more just like you're in a meeting with like five people everyone's kind of already said what needs to be said like I actually don't need to say anything because it would be repetitive so I don't say anything. And it's just like, I love that I- because it's like when you do talk, people listen. There's a difference between being shy because people aren't listening. And like when you talk, everyone's like, huh, she, I, she's talking. Listen, what does she say? I think there is a shyness to it as well, because I just I don't like to put myself in front of people unless I really have to. Mm. Like if I could just kind of oh, like that like no. blend in the background <laughs> and not have to be focused on. That's also nice, too, because like. You know, with attention comes scrutiny, and yeah, I hate true. scrutiny, which is dumb because I've decided to start a podcast, and I'm on Twitter, <laughs> which is, like, killing my soul, but, like, here I am, getting a little taste. It's, like, almost like a rush I get from this side of my life of being so out there that I yeah. – well, not, like, super out there, but, like, having a show where I talk about these sorts of things is, like, very – um it's unlike my character growing up to mm. do something like this. Gotcha. And yeah. – I'm of a very, like, cultural mindset of, like, do the work, don't make a fuss, keep your head down, and, like, you will go far and be able to live comfortably as long as you just, like, keep your head down, do the work. Mm -hmm. And the more, like, talking side comes from my dad of wanting to be like, fuck it, like, I have an opportunity to have a voice and talk about things that I think matter, so I need to step out of my shell and just do it. Does that not come with, like, anxiety and sleepless <laughs> nights over things I've said on my podcast or on other people's <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, I am a, I am a mess. 
And that's why I smoke weed and that's why I compartmentalize <laughs> so aggressively. Well, I hope this one doesn't stress you out, but I would like to hear what happened next. Like, how did you react when your uncle or your cousin said this? So I was like, um, that's like very nice, but I've met your son. And he goes, yeah, but you haven't known him in years. You don't know who he is now. And I was like, yeah, but he's my cousin and I'm not really interested in mar- in like marrying my cousin. <laughs> and he, it was funny. Like I could see it like him being like, oh, okay yeah okay yeah i could see where you're coming from there yeah (laughs) like it was like occurring to him like oh i see what she means yeah you guys are related technically okay sure all right and i was like yeah (laughs) thank you Wow. and that's kind of like and then my dad is just being like are you sure like you know egging on the situation (laughs) we're like dude stop you're drunk but yeah he didn't really like after i kind of put it in perspective of like we have the same blood yeah i don't want to also i live in america your son lives in iran like are you looking for a green card situation um because that's not the first time i've been propositioned in iran for a green card situation like when when people's moms hear i'm the american cousin people are up on my ass i was one time at a uh in another part of iran in shomal which is like Uh where the caspian sea is at like a resort Uh uh-huh or like it's not a resort. It's like a um, it's like, like a, a apartment building that my uncle owns, like a vacation apartment penthouse situation in. And um, I call it a penthouse because it looked like a penthouse. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe all of them look like that. But um, I was like downstairs in like the women's uh like sauna area, and um, I was sitting in the hot tub and with my cousin and a woman joined us and my. She was like, oh, where are you guys from? And I was like, oh, well, I'm from America, but I'm staying here with my family in Tehran. And we just came for the weekend. And she immediately was like, America. (laughs) Wow, my son is in America right now going to school. And he's going to lose his visa soon after he graduates. (laughs) But we want him to stay so he can keep working. And that's so funny. You're from America. Like, are you interested in getting married? Like, it was like immediate. And I was like, I was literally like creeping out of the hot tub like yeah i think i need to go school off that's so it's just like it's funny to me because it's really jumping in so fast that like it's almost like they hadn't really thought of it because if imagine if you had said yes like i almost yeah. feel like they don't expect it but they're like shoot your shot but if you had been like yes i've been dying to get married i do feel like that would <laughs> disarm them like they'd be like oh wait hold on let me get some more information about you because ah uh, that's not what i expected like <laughs> I think, though, like, assuming that, like, I'm in this building, which is, you know, like, a nice building with my cousin, and then I also, like, live in America. I don't know. I think she just immediately assumed, like, perfect. You seem like you come from money. You're in this building. Good. Let's do this. And your cousin here, who lives in Iran, is just, like, being very – this is also my other – my cousin, who is the chattiest human being alive, like she's never met a stranger, like just t- chatting this woman up. So she's probably like, well, she seems super friendly and you're from America. So like, let's do this. But I was like, uh, I gotta go. Like, I literally was like, I'm going to go into the pool and swim in the pool for a little bit because I have to get away from your energy you're trying to get me to marry your son. Like, I just met you in a hot tub in a random city in Iran. Like, leave me alone. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, it's funny because I'm also like, did your cousin who propositioned this thought think about it? Or he's just drunk. He's like, oh, well, no, he's you know what I mean? Like, we're just the cousins that get along the best. Like me and him are like, 
we literally call ourselves like best friends. Like we're just having, we just all, we, our jokes, like our sense of humor is the same. Mm. Like we always laugh about things. We like the same food, you know, like we just like all are constantly like joking with each other and making fun of each other. Like we just are the two cousins who get uh-huh. along the best. So I think in his eyes, he's like, you'd be perfect for my son. So funny. Did you ever actually meet his sons as an adult? Like, do you, have you yes, met them? Yes, back? I've, I've okay. since like, literally like, they, he had just graduated business school and we had just oh, gotcha. gotten home. Gotcha. And like, I think I like met him like a day later. Uh-huh. And you were like, ooh, he's actually kind of hot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, he was fine. Like he, no, know, think, he looks like my family. Like <laughs> looks like my cousin. Like it was like almost nonsensical that I would be attracted to my dad. You know, like so everyone funny. looks the same in my family on my dad's side. So I was like, I really don't imagine me like, wanting to marry yeah like he looks just like his my cousin his father yeah i'm not trying to marry you you're my cousin and then it's like yeah you're great you're nice you're attractive (laughs) young man and you'll make a woman in iran very happy (laughs) you know what's funny about that too because so much it's like you when you look at like very different cultural experiences and then you kind of look at the negative space you do see that there's not one that's like the if you think about in america it's like it is very frowned upon to marry cousins, but then you get like family secrets, like uh, what's that play? August Osage County, where it's like the cousins are dating and it's a whole scandal. And then it's like, if it's looked down upon because you're not supposed to do it, but people are still doing it, then there is like probably a place to be like figuring out what the fuck is going on. Because it's not that you're like, what I'm not, I'm not saying you're supposed to date your cousins. I'm trying to say that, I don't know how to explain this, but that there's like, all these human rules we put on things that when you grow up in one, you feel like that's the only one. And then when you're in another, you feel like that's the only, but really the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, which is like for evolutionary reasons, probably don't date your cousins, but also at some point it was also evolutionary beneficial. And now just try to look at the real situation instead of being stuck in like how it used to be. But I think both sides are just the same coin, but like they went off in different directions, you know? Right. I do think maybe if I was born and raised in Iran, maybe I would have been open no. to it. No, I like, don't think that I don't generally know. speaking, I think evolution supports going outside of your gene pool. Right. Or just, I mean, it's the same thing as why do birds get kicked out of the nest? Like if it's safe in the nest forever, why wouldn't you just stay in the nest? It's not evolutionary beneficial for your, a mama bird to just have eggs and then feed those birds until they're old. Like you do need the kick out of the nest, which I think is proof that it tends to be better to partner up and you know reproduce outside of your family but it's not also not like i don't know it's also like the opposite end of like so then you have to fuck your cousin quietly it's like that's not the thing okay if that's where you are and like when people do that like in those you know scandalous movies it's like you're also not doing it right it's you're just doing that for social acceptance but you're still doing the thing that's supposedly not beneficial so there's like way in between where you can actually address the reality instead of just looking at like what's acceptable yeah i should look into that more i haven't really honestly like i don't think about it very often i just kind of know it is what it is yeah you know like i know my mom's parents are second cousins yeah and i try not to dive too much deeper than that to be like well i guess i'm inbred you know like (laughs) it's what it is what are you gonna do um i do think it's about i mean i i think it's a very funny story and it also actually opened up a lot of interesting conversations because like 
the cultural conversation is it's not saying like black and white like oh everything like this uh is bad or good but what i think is interesting having also similar experiences with my family is that at no point was i like oh that must be how everything is in iran and i do sometimes feel like when i talk to not all white people but some very americans who never left anything slightly out of the ordinary they're like oh that must be how they do it so either we can't question it at all because that would make me racist or wow let me laugh at all of it because it's weird so i really do like talking about stuff like this because it's like shows you that like pretty much anywhere you go you're gonna have um like moments that might seem funny and absurd and to treat it realistically and actually react honestly is the best way versus like oh no like i guess i have to marry my like there's no you know black and white to it (laughs) yeah i mean i don't really judge it like to me it's just like Mm. i don't care if you end up doing it you end up doing it um (laughs) i you know i turned it down because it just wasn't for me as a person you're in a relationship (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um i I don't think i was at the time 2016 but like still like I just, just wasn't my thing. But, like, when I saw it on Rami, and not to give any spoilers, but he has, you know, an uh-huh. incident with a family member. And I was like, yeah, it is what it, like, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> like, I'm not going to judge him. Like, that's, he's portraying a very real thing in mm-hmm. our communities, in our cultures. That, you know, at times, situation you end up in, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. It's just your circumstances brought you here. Yeah. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't feel bad about it because we're from our cultures are different. It just is what Mm. it is. And you can't really like you can't blame anyone like you can't be like, oh, well, if only they were they uh, what like they were more open or not open minded. Like if they were less closed minded about their culture, you know, like you can't really like it's not one is right and one is wrong. It's there's there's many factors that go into what's right and wrong for you in your life. But there's not one blanket like this is the way everyone needs to do things exactly i know we're we're literally talking about like familial marriage but it's like hey look okay i think think, uh, yes but i think for me you know like it's not the thing but that's what i mean is like you can't put that on you don't know the situations like there could be certain situations like what you're saying like back in the day yeah i'm not saying hey let's let people fuck their siblings i want to make it very clear okay yeah i think world and that's i'm not trying to change it (laughs) yeah i understand what incest is and i don't agree with it okay i do think there are cultures that we don't understand the ins and outs of yeah because we were not raised in them to like try and like judge the situation you know i think it is a key i don't agree with i don't agree with marrying your sibling yeah (laughs) second cousin i can understand because it's like there's a removal there not Mm -hmm. saying go marry your sibling i think there is a darkness a little to that situation cousins is a bit of a gray area (laughs) it's interesting (laughs) because even like viscerally when you say that i was like i'm like yeah i see your point but i i don't like i don't agree in my body now but like i also i think the key word you used was judge i also don't judge because i think um how i see it is like it doesn't really affect me but if yeah. there are, you know, in situations where people need to be protected, that's when laws come in. And that's why there are laws, yeah. because sometimes exactly. it does get exploited. But in situations that it, that's not the case, then putting the judgment on, on another culture that's actually not doing it to exploit, like, you're bringing your own, like, baggage in. So 
I totally agree on like it's not about being right or wrong. It's just like if you're judging something else that is different than you and not affecting you, they may be on their road to change. Who knows? You may be on your road to change. So it's not like either of them are right. It's just that like maybe don't just like be so quick to judge. Yeah. Yeah. I think that about like when people talk about cap uh, capital punishment, corporal punishment. What's the one where you hit your kids? It's pretty common in Asia. And whenever I've like huh. defended it, I don't defend hitting your kids. But what I'm ta- what I try to get at is like the conversation. Like I was hit growing up. It's I wish I wasn't, but I am alive and I'm me. So I try not to make it black and white. Like everyone who does this is a monster. There's a way to grow. Like perhaps. People are changing in Asia, and I think they are. But also, perhaps, there's ways we're doing it differently in America that we could improve on. So when it becomes black and white, then it becomes no change at all on either side. And that's why I like having the conversation, because, like, there are a lot of things I learned discipline-wise that I feel like sometimes the way American way of raising kids is too lax. But I don't support hitting your kids. But there's a little bit, like, of a... There's a middle space where you use this sort of, like, discipline of like actually setting rules and following them versus just being lax but without the part where you traumatize your child so it's like neither of these are totally it and i think in order to get to the it you have to actually allow them to talk to each other yeah i think it's corporal punishment i looked it up oh, okay um, oh but yeah no like i was and I, again i also think it's more common within our cultures to um uh like hit your kid Mm -hmm. i mean of course i i wasn't like beat as a child but i was like slapped Mm -hmm. across the face when i was being a real shithead and i don't think it traumatized me personally Mm -hmm. because i was very used to what was like Mm -hmm. they never went past a slap like a slap was almost literally like get yourself to fucking gather (laughs) like that was my interpretation of a slap when i got slapped i knew oh like I've gone too far because mm. my parents aren't just going to slap me. So when I did get slapped, it was like a shameful thing. Like what you've done is mm. shameful. And then I would be like, okay, I see what I've done wrong here. I've, you know, I've gone too far in my parents' eyes and I've created shame and now I need to feel that shame. And, uh, but that's like as far as it ever went for my parents. And it really had to get to that point to get slapped across the face with my parents because my parents aren't really like my dad is a yeller Mm. um my mom is more of like a quiet angry speaker when she's really (laughs) mad she gets very quiet Uh she's a quiet person so she'll just that's what i know she's angry when her voice gets very like this then i'm like oh i'm in trouble but my dad will scream at you like fucking scream at you like a thunderous scream where it like cuts through your soul and it feels like the house is shaking (laughs) and that oh man have i been raised on some screams man i was a terrible kid i was just a little asshole but like you know like i saw my brother get you know it's like that that to me was like I, you know, like, mm-hmm. it is, again, it culturally, like, getting slapped was, like, that was their way of being, like, even a scream is not worthy. You're getting slapped across the face. But, of course, <laughs> that was also my youth. It did not continue on in my adulthood. Yeah. I think Well, it's also I context learned. clues. Like, if it doesn't, yeah, I'm not, again, I'm saying, like, everything is a conversation. I'm not saying, like, this is the way. But if everyone is getting slapped when they go too far, it doesn't feel like I'm different 
which yeah. is why if you're in a community that nobody does it and then you do it it has a different effect it's not just a slap it's feeling like why am i being treated differently so there yeah. are like so many layers to that um and just as like we discover more science behind you know raising children and development development we might find better ways to teach our kids that doesn't involve that but yeah uh, we don't have it yet so i that's why i like having it as like a conversation in, in terms of like it's not defending hitting or not hitting it's that at the time they wanted you to learn you did learn so they achieved their goal is there a way to learn as we do more research that lesson without hitting probably and then at some point when we have those tools we can use them yeah you know like i i, I do think like it's like it's also generational like i don't mm. think i'll ever slap my kids <laughs> like I think that was their culture growing up that that was okay to slap your kid to make a point that they were being shit, you know? Mm. But like in the world I grew up in, I don't find that acceptable. I understand it happened in my youth. I don't hold it yeah. against my parents because that's what they knew. That's how they knew mm -hmm. to discipline in extreme measures. Yes. I don't plan on slapping my kids. Yeah. But yeah. that's also like what I've learned in my experiences growing up in America. So like, I don't believe in child abuse, you know, yeah. obviously. If that's but you not... also learn how to communicate. Like, that's another thing people yeah. forget as parents when they do that. They weren't given tools of how to properly teach no. their children. So that to them was like, they may have been at a breaking point too, you know, like how do you self-regulate your anger? And yeah. now us knowing not to, like, if you don't want to hit your kids and that's a no-no for you personally, then you would find another way because you have to. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think and it's a conversation. And to give more context, like my dad grew up in a time where your teachers hit you. <laughs> yeah. Like that's wild. Oh my God. Imagine being in school and your teacher's like, you dumb bitch and hits you. Oh like God. with one of, he, they, they had sticks they would hit their hands with. And that's, so that's yes. the world my dad grew up in where he's like, if I acted out in school, my teacher was allowed to hit me. <laughs> like that's wild. Uh, a yeah. teacher? It's wild because also like when I think about how much I loved school, I'm like, imagine also getting hit at school. I'd be like, where would yes. I turn to? I don't know. <laughs> and, it, you know, oh, I man. think it, it kind of created this like almost militaristic vibe in my dad of like where he's like, you have to be good. You have to do this. You don't want to get hurt. School is good. Mm. Uh, school's great. It teaches you discipline. And you're like, bro, chill out. <laughs> That's not my school. That's, That's your so school. Like, yes, yeah, school's important, but like, I, it's not like I don't take it like that intensely yeah. like you did because you had to be good or a teacher was going to hit you and you had to get things right because the teacher was going to hit you like that's too much. <laughs> we were in two different worlds, which is fine. I'm you know, that was his experience. I don't judge him. It is what it is. It's it, yeah, it's it's true that it all the shorthands we have for things like that we think are that mean the same thing in life, like saying the word school, like we all have a general idea of school, but yeah, yeah. cross generations, it, it can bring up very different emotions. So that's yeah. um, very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. I want to end with a quick game. Um, it's I call this the three rules. It's I just it's I don't think it's really a game. It's more of a me asking you <laughs> one question you have to answer. Um, but I've been doing this because I'm really curious about uh, like we're talking about like rules and uh, sort of at, especially coming from different backgrounds and understanding so many different ways of doing things. If you could create like your own island, you know, your own government, uh -huh. um, like a, let's say a town and people consensually willingly if they come live here, they have to all follow these three rules. Um, 
and you can't use oh. magic, what would those rules be? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Think about that. So one would be um, uh, just like treat people how you would like to be treated. So with respect. Um, what if someone wanted to be treated poorly? They're just allowed to do that? Uh, if there's consent, yes. Okay. There, if there's a consensual rela- uh, uh, consensual agreement mm. that someone would like to be treated a certain way because it's their choice and maybe, you know, if it's a fetish or a kink or whatever, mm-hmm. or just, you know, just genuinely what they're into, uh-huh. there's an agreement in place. And I think more than ever, I feel like this is very um, topical. It's like safe words, making sure yeah. everyone's comfortable and there's a point of uh, clear agreement of when the person needs to stop at any point. That's fine. Um, That's a good rule because like the golden rule we think is very standard, but it's, there's so many nuances to it, but like clarifying with the consent and safe word does change things because not everyone wants to be treated the same. So that's why the golden rule is kind of like stop short of actually helping because people are like, well, I wanted this. It's like, well, (laughs) but I like, I like your addendum. So there is a clear communication of whether you want to receive this treatment before I do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, rule two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess um, everyone. I would. I, I would kind of like it to be like a cooperational situation. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that rule would be. So like. We live in a co-op, like everyone contributes to the livelihood of everyone. Yeah, that's nice. I guess that's how you would say that. Communist? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, co-ops are great because it's half. I'll take it. I'll take it. I like it. when it's half. Like co-ops are great because people always point to them as an example of communism. But I'm like, but it's not because you're doing it within another structure of institutions. If it was yeah. all like that, there would be like a very small percentage of people skimming off the top, which is... Because there's always going to be, like, there needs to be some leadership. So works better when it's institutions plus co-op. Um, I like that. Okay, third rule. And it couldn't be fun, too. It doesn't have to be super serious. Yeah. Um, third rule would be Medicare for all. Okay. <laughs> Everyone okay. deserves and has a right to health care. I mean, these are great rules. I would live here. Um, this this seems like it should just be every country's basic, <laughs> basic tenets. Uh, so everyone else, you know, if you're starting a country, please uh, incorporate these rules. Um, well, thank you so yeah. much for respect share- slash consent. Uh huh. Uh huh. Healthcare <laughs> and taking care of everyone. Yeah. Oh, what a dream! What a dream! Wow. Some might have called it the American dream, but I don't know if that's true anymore. Um, where can people find you, follow you, listen to your things, check out your secret Twitch upcoming? Uh, yeah, I am at Anna Hosnier, A-N-N-A-H-O-S-S-N-I-E-H on Twitter. Check that out. Um, I host a show. Also, I'll post about a lot of my shows on my Twitter, but I host a show called Ethnically Ambiguous with my co-host Shereen Yunez, all about being a person of color in America. I host another show called 
Deckheads, all about the Bravo's reality <laughs> show Below Deck. Um, check that out. I also produce a bunch of podcasts for iHeart, uh, including The Daily Zeitgeist, which is a daily news and pop culture show uh, hosted by Jack O'Brien and Miles Gray. I host, not, oh, excuse me, I produce um, another podcast about the Bachelor series called Will You Accept This Rose, which is hosted by Arden Marine. So check that out if you like The Bachelor. And uh, yeah, I host a bunch of other shows, or I keep saying host, I produce a bunch of other shows. Uh, like Lost Culturistas with Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. Uh, this is important, with it, which is hosted by the guys from Workaholics. Um, that that crew. Um, uh, yeah, Yay. you know, I I work on a bunch of shows at iHeart. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can learn about all of them. Yes, do it. All the great shows. Anna is a super producer. Um, yeah. I like that even your plugs felt very like professional because um, it was great. It very much I could tell you're a pro. Um, you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.